Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, she, her, and y'all, this is our 20th episode. When I say that out loud, I want to scream. I will not do that to your ears. I am in awe of each and every one of you who keeps popping back on in here so that we can continue having these types of conversations. I'm so grateful to all of our guests thus far who have been so open with having these conversations. Already we are changing the dialogue around what it means to be an artist, and this is why we are here. I'm just so, so happy. So thank you for tuning back in to our 20th episode. With that said, this week I talked to the wonderful Isabel. Pask, who is a dear friend of mine and also an incredible writer. And we talk about how you start. Just that as a phrase alone can be really overwhelming for individuals, myself included. How do you just start specifically with writing? Isa is really, really great at this and shares the most amount of tools and resources in this episode about different platforms books, podcasts, you name it, about how you can start specifically with writing and creating your own work. So get out your pens and paper, metaphorically or literally, and get ready for this episode. Enjoy. Hello. I'm so excited because I have someone who I've known for, I guess, a couple of years at this point on for yeah. today's episode. Hello, Isabel Pask. How are you? Hello. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to see you. I know. Um, yeah. We finally like got together the other week. We So Isabel and I went to Chautauqua together, I guess in 2017, right? Was that what it was? Yeah. I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. And I, we didn't, hadn't seen each other so long because oh of COVID and we oh finally got our dogs to meet in the park. It was yeah. just like, I got hilarious. my dog in the bed. He's Is he just chilling? Podcast. Yeah, he's ready to there. Yeah, There's this like gorgeous hunk of a stunner. Yeah. He's, like, he's got a big yep. head. I love it. Walter is sitting behind me on the ground as well. He's just like oh. hanging out. Um, well, tell the listener who you are today. So that they know who we're speaking with. Yeah. Um, I, let's see, who am I today? Um, my name is Isabel. Um, a lot of people call me Isa. Um, I use she, her pronouns. Um, I am an actor and a writer and a producer and, um, you know, all of those multi hyphenates. I've, mm-hmm. uh, um, it's been really fun. I'm really excited to talk about it because I think that I, as the past few years have gone on, have become more comfortable using all of those different hyphenates and not mm-hmm. just kind of sticking to one. I think that I started out primarily as an actor and a performer, um, which is still a huge, huge part of my heart, but um, kind of have moved into different areas of the arts that all complement each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm from Texas. I live in Brooklyn. Um, I uh, have a very cute dog named Bear uh, who's hanging out here. And yeah, I'm looking out of the park right now. I live by the park, which is where we um, yeah. where we met a little bit That's ago. Nice. And yeah, I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling very at peace today. So I was going to say your energy feels like very zen and very yeah, like it is. It is not always that way, but I did wake up today and my boyfriend's parents are are staying with us actually, which is, you know, fun. they're they're not here right now, but yeah. um uh they are staying with us and we like slept down on the couch. I didn't think I was going to sleep that well and I feel great. Who knew you had the comfiest couch to sleep on? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. Friends are going to hear this podcast and be like, "Look, I heard, I heard through the grapevine that you have a really comfy couch you slept on. Can I, can I crash?" I love having people stay on our couch. I, uh, some of our friends make fun of us because we're like, "Stay on our couch, stay on our couch. It's a futon." And they're like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> yeah, like you twist my arm. I guess I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I'll be right across the street from the park. Right. How awful. Um, well, I'm super excited to jump on in because at, when we met. You know, we covered a lot of ground about what it is that you're up to in life with your various new hats and the new things. But I think I want to just I want to start with this idea of starting. I know that was a conversation that you and I had, and I think it's something that I've also had with many friends in my life and certainly with a lot of, you know, the 
people that I coach, younger folks specifically who are like, I have this idea, where do I even begin? And I feel like you are somebody who is so good at just starting. And I guess I want to conceptually talk about a start and like what that is just generally for you before we talk about maybe specific projects. Totally. Yeah. I think starting is like one of the biggest things about working on your own work. I I mean, I know, and I'm sure you do too. So, so many talented and creative people who are bursting with ideas and um, are performers, but also have so much potential energy for stories inside of them. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the hardest thing for people that I hear a lot is just like, okay, well, how do I do it? You know, and some of that's fear, I think, getting in the way of like, you know, I'm not really a writer or I'm not, I don't really do that, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that's okay. But I think for me, it's like, you got to just knock that down and say like, you know, I'm whoever, I'm whoever I want to be today. I can call myself whatever I want. Um, Well, that's such an interesting thing, right? Because it's like, even just the way you just talked about it, there's like these qualifiers Mm -hmm. that to even get to the doing of the thing, we've already put kind of like a, what's the, like a post in the ground, right? Which is like, well, I'm not this, or I don't qualify as this. And therefore, before you even do the thing, how do you get comfortable or how have you learned to get comfortable with just giving yourself that permission of the quote unquote label to even allow yourself to enter into a new space? You know, I think it can almost be a sort of fake it till you make it situation. Like Mm -hmm. you just got to do it. You just got to call yourself a writer. You just got to call yourself whatever, you know, whatever your heart is going towards, whatever your brain is going towards and be able to be like, there is nobody telling me I can't call myself a writer or, you know, I can't, um, you know, obviously there are certain things that have degrees and whatever, like I'm not going around being like, I'm a doctor, but (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) um, In terms of, in terms of the arts, like, I think we're allowed to claim those different identities. And if you put up blocks before yourself, then, then it's going to be a lot harder to get started. I think it's so interesting too, because like, and you, you bring up doctor. I've said this to so many people who are like, well, what are you working on? And they don't mean it in, an, in a negative way. It's just this strange implication of asking an artist to like qualify and quantify what you're doing I'm and sure. therefore that validates you. Whereas like you wouldn't yeah. ask a doctor, like, what are you working on? You wouldn't ask a lawyer, what are you working on? You assume that you know that they're working. Right, right. And it's like a, people think they yeah they can qualify it like yeah I'm imagining my my dad's lawyer I'm imagining everyone who talks to him being like what case are you working on next or like what right. client do you have and it's yeah. like what why would I care correct um, also, like you wouldn't necessarily first of all you probably wouldn't even be legally allowed to share right so like, why and uh, same kind of thing with us like there's a lot of auditions that would come through or opportunities that come through that like until they become something a you don't want to really talk about it but also sometimes you can't <laughs> yeah totally just these weird parameters around it yeah I mean I think the other way to go about it too is is to just be like I'm having fun this is something that that excites me and I don't have to put pressure on it you know I mean some people are more comfortable being like I'm a writer let's go let's do it and some people are more comfortable being like "Uh, I'm just doing this for fun and then we'll see what happens I think both are super valid I think that Mm -hmm. For me, getting started is so much about structure. I think you kind of have to learn a little bit what your brain responds to. But I do think that everybody needs a little bit of structure, no matter mm-hmm. how your brain works. And with writing, you're not always going to feel like writing. Um, you're not always going to feel like working on something. Um, early during the pandemic, a friend and I, um, a friend and I, we would meet up every morning at 10 a.m. and just write for an hour and talk. And I think that was, we didn't really know what we were going to work on or what we were going to do, but we were both like, we need to do something. And even just having that space to explore in every day, things started to build because you're giving yourself that space. Um, And I think accountability for me is something that is is really helpful, Um, being a part of different writing groups. and then in 
in terms of getting started, like with writing specifically, I think there's, there's a couple of ways that I do it. And one of them is at first, just kind of pouring out things that you're drawn to or interested in, you know? Do you do that in like a Google Doc? I do that in a Google Doc. I love Google Docs because my brain likes to keep everything in one place. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'll just start pouring out, okay, like sisterhood, um, you know, uh, Christianity and religion. That's like a world that I grew up in that was really specific that I've always wanted to kind of explore some of the stories and trauma and and background Mm -hmm. and then kind of riff on that for a while and then you know start pulling out you know ideas within it like oh what what if there's a, a story you know about uh two sisters okay I know I want to start with sisterhood where are they what's something else I love I love backpacking I love camping like how do I marry these together and then those are some elements and then like where is my heart and what do I want to explore in terms of what am I saying and what do I want to say and kind of figuring out how you can mix those together into a loose idea first is how I start or it's like there was I I went to Indiana um with my boyfriend a couple of years ago and we were in this crazy little town. We were listening to this podcast. We we're staying in this cabin and my brain just started to swirl around. of like, I could, I could make a movie in this cabin. This is a great cabin. It's like a family friends, but um, started writing something that all took place in there. So it's like, you got to grab a couple of strongholds for me. Like I got to grab a couple of elements, start building that out, start thinking about it for a while And I just keep adding those thoughts to the Google Doc until eventually I look at it one day and I'm like, okay, now I can move to an outline. Mm -hmm. And then for me, something that's been really helpful is this book called Save the Cat, which I talked to you a little bit about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some people don't love it because it is uh, really, it's kind of prescriptive in the way that it lays out movies. But I mean, I think it's an amazing place to start. Your movie doesn't have to exactly look like that outline but it gives you bones with where to start and it's very specific of like his philosophy his name is Blake Snyder and we studied this a little when I studied screenwriting at school was that every movie follows this specific outline almost to the page and so there are like 10 pages of this and then 10 pages of this and then 10 pages of this mm-hmm. and then 30 pages of this and so you kind of I, I like put that into another google doc and I look at the whole outline of it. And then I start being like, okay, where can I fill in? Like, this is where the character would start. Um, This is the debate. This is the fun and games. This is the promise of the premise. These are different things. And Are you adding that to the outline before you start like actually writing the piece itself? Absolutely. So I basically fill out almost all of that um, for the movie that I was working on by myself. I did it by myself for um, movies that I worked on or scripts that I've worked on with people, we do that together and we just like talk through like, okay, and then this happens. And then this section would be probably about this and it can be pretty loose and it can change. And again, I think it's just uh, a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I start filling all of that out definitely before I start writing anything. And then I feel like I've built myself a map of somewhere to go right and so i'm not just diving into the deep end i have like this this place to go and you know people do different outlines this is a three-act structure which most um like movies follow tv Mm -hmm. tends to be in five acts um and so that's a different sort of outline a different sort of map did you learn the various ones from save the cat exclusively or did you have other places through which you learned say the five act three act where else did you gather your information or how there are a few different things that I like um, in terms of structure. I say the cat is a big one in terms of feature. I haven't written as much television. Um, I've worked on one show, but it was a writer's room format. And so we were starting together and then splitting things up. Um, there's a great podcast called Script Notes, um, which is really wonderful. They have all sorts of different topics. Um, 
specifically about screenwriting. And so I picked up definitely some stuff there. Um, a lot of it is reading scripts um, and listening to interviews about them. And then you start kind of, I, you know, taking classes. I've taken a couple little seminars. And so some somehow the that TV is five acts and movies generally three act is in my brain. I don't know which of these places gave it to me. Um, and obviously there's always room to break the rules. Um, I think starting with the rules can be so helpful to understand the form that you're in. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I love the book On Writing, which is by Stephen King. Um, and that's less... Uh, that's more for fiction, honestly, but I think there are some things, like I have a little quote from that book up on my desktop mm -hmm. um, that are just very inspiring in terms of getting things going as a writer. Um, yeah, Script Notes is great. Uh, Save the Cat is great. There's this book called Story by Robert McKee that people love. I don't know. I haven't gone as deep into that one. That's like a big a yeah, big yeah. guy. Um, uh, script notes is great in terms of comedy. If you're writing like jokes and stuff, there's a good one as an amazing podcast um, that really like goes into the form of, of jokes. Mm -hmm. I love starting with structure and form. I think that then that just gives you, once you know what you're playing within, like it's like when you're acting in a play, you get the script and you yeah. get the play and you're like, okay, now I can fill it out with my whole being. Exactly. So, yeah. I sorry. talk about that too, which yeah. is like when you're, especially if say you have like a monologue or something that you're pulling out of context, you know, you, it's one thing to think, okay, I'm playing in a playground. It's another thing to think, okay, I'm dealing with the swings. What is every single way that I could slide down, like move on the swings, hold myself in the swings, move this way, like all you, then you exhaust all that. your options in the swing set. So just because you play on the swings doesn't mean you don't have access to the sandbox or the slide. It just means that you get to really, really, really explore all the possibilities in the swings. It's not just sitting on them and going back and forth. I love you know? that. That's exactly what what it has felt like to me to start writing is like, okay, I need to learn how to build this playground or how to build yeah. the different structures within here. And then like I can go crazy. And then every draft changes a little bit too. Like mm -hmm. you start moving in different ways from um, – your original plan and but it, it in terms of starting like I gotta have something that grounds me otherwise I'm going to be looking at a page and being like what yeah um or looking at my computer I mean I'm not like writing scripts on my mm -hmm. um, I use I use writer well I started using writer duet which is a website where that's free that you can get a few scripts on and it's an amazing formatting screenwriting tool um and I now I use final draft um which I bought about a year after I started really working stuff because I was like, you're using this. this is I'm using this. Yeah. I think there's a part of it that I was like, this is the professional standard and I'm going to get this. I'm really a writer. So mm. now I have final draft and there's something about it that felt fun to me, but I think writer duet is also a great option and writer duet is cool because you can access it from any browser. So you could work oh, on cool. it wherever. Um, it's like an online platform. And that's actually the platform that I use with my writing partner, uh, Macy, because we are able to both go into the same platform and Amazing. edit. Yeah. At the same time? Or do you have to do it at different times? Yeah, we can definitely do it at the same time. Um, we'll work on the same. We have like one document that's like a working document. We have one document we call Street Trash, which is like all of the scenes we've had in the script at some point have been cut. That. We like all put them in this giant it's like 300 pages now and so sometimes when we're like oh my god remember that scene we wrote um with these two characters that didn't work like can we pull a little bit back out of that scene and put it in this yeah so we have that document and then we each have our we for a while we each had our own document that we would kind of work on scenes in and then when they were ready we put them into this working current draft i'm excited for at some point you and macy realize like actually there's so many beautiful gems in this street trash document and then all of a sudden you create this strange weird yeah, weird yeah movie that maybe works together and maybe doesn't of like all these really cool disparate totally. ideas that are actually dope but just didn't belong anywhere else and so That's this is so where fun. they belong 
You're welcome. I love goes. that. Yeah, we were like, I feel like there's there's part of it too. We're like, if we make a TV show, because right now we're writing this feature, and I, mm-hmm. like we've always several people when we talk about this idea, they're like, well, that could be a TV show, because our yeah. problem has always been we have almost too much material because we grew up in this world that we're writing about. It's like filled with our past. When we started writing it, we were like oh my God, we have way too much material. That is my next question. I am currently, I'm exposed myself. I'm currently in the, we kind of talked about this. I'm currently in the position where I have been keeping a, a notes doc that at this point is, I've transferred it from my notes app to a Google doc. And it's, it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of pages and it's ideas and jokes and like interesting things that I've seen and whatever it is. And I'm looking at this massive document that I need to go through after years of never looking at it and being like, mm. first of all, what, what was I even saying here? And also like, what is this? Is there any validity to this? Is there anything that I'm still excited about organizing it? And then trying to see from there what exactly I want to pull out to start working on. When one is somebody perhaps like myself, who is an ideas person, and there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on in one's brain and perhaps you're actually quite good at documenting that and keeping a place how do you decide which idea is is the thing that is the now again another starting question but like if you do have all Mm -hmm. of the stuff how do you either a know which is worth your time i guess it's maybe just trial and error but how do you know which is worth your time or what do you choose how do you choose how do you make those decisions that's such a good question um, because I definitely am a person who is like, what if there's something better? What if I start this and there's, you know, there's a, it's a better idea. We're working on this mm-hmm. film right now. And I still have this fear that jumps into my brain. We're like already moving into production of it. And I'm like, is this the right one to be making? <laughs> right. Like, should I have done a different idea? And that's just my brain wanting to try and do everything at once. So yeah, you have this document. I call mine usually a brain dump, which mm-hmm. there's something that feels right about that. I've also heard it referred to as like a garage where you like take everything, you put it out in the garage. Um, oh, some I love, that. I love that too. There's that's probably from a podcast or you know what I mean? I'm like, that's yeah, these things mine. just like rogue stick in your brain. You have no idea where they're from. Yes. Yeah. But, but um, having a, I think it might be the Duplass brothers who are like another great worse resource like Mark and Jay Duplass who have done a lot of indie filmmaking. Yeah. Um, they're another great resource to start. They have kind of like, I think they have a book and they also have this document that's like how to get started on making a movie when you have no money. And um, their first feature they made because they had a furniture store they could film in and like, an apartment and so they made it like these two people that worked at a, it's called the puffy chair it was it's a super low budget film and they basically like these are what we had and so this is what we're going to create but i think that that's the garage where the garage come from so it's like like every time i meet a really cool person or have a really cool experience it's not even ideas but it's like you know or i hear a really funny joke on the street yeah, it's inspiration of yeah I'm like, oh, I, I put that in the garage and then when i need to go out to the garage and get stuff i have to go through the garage and grab stuff and bring it back yeah. Because um, it feels like for me, I've I've used brain dumps a lot. Like I've I've organized brain dumps. I have people in my life who organize brain dumps and it becomes, I feel like there's, an, maybe it's because dump is, <laughs> now we're like talking about, but dump is more like an action. So it feels like you're doing of the thing. Whereas the garages were like the space, now that I'm talking about, out, but like where you, it's held. Yeah. So it feels like one is the doing to hold it in the garage. There's something really wonderful about moving my brain totally. from the brain dump, which is the activity to where they then just sit until I need it. Yeah. I like I that too. Yeah. And garages are like messy, beautiful places. Like when you go through like your parents' garage or something, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to find all of these gems. Where you're, you're like, like, why was I holding onto this? And why is this taking up so much space? Yes. Like, why yes, am I a hoarder? Exactly. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think that, yeah, you got to go into your garage. Maybe you got to do a little inventory, even just like a skim read and then be like, what is still sticking out to me right now? And how can I make that? I like character driven pieces instead of plot driven pieces. I think that is, you know, personal preference in a way. Um, like I'm, I love movies like eighth grade or um, Francis Ha that like are, are very character driven plot, really plot driven movies. Like 
I don't know. I can't stand action movies. Some people love them. Super plot driven. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Um, they have their place, I suppose. Yeah. But so you start thinking of characters and, and a big thing I do when I'm starting to think about characters is think of people in my life who are incredible in you know the people in my life who I love my friends and my family are far more complex and, and interesting than anything my brain is going to be able to just come up with mm. and so like one feature I was working on like I had a character that was like uh, loosely based on my best friend and one that was kind of an, uh, a, a mix-up of two boyfriends that I've had like and I, I think what's really cool is you can have the like and, and that helps me find voice is to mm -hmm. so all my characters don't speak the same so I'm like okay how does this person talk and then I kind of when I'm writing I'm like how am I channeling this person's voice into this so maybe they have like the voice of this friend and the background of another friend or someone you love and obviously you're not trying to like rip people's stories like yeah. you're not trying to you know exploit them or if I were ever to use any personal facts about someone I would be like hey is this cool um mm -hmm. you know or like but also you have to take from your life and so for me it's a way that I put love into my work and my writing too is to be like like this, one of these scripts is about um, sisters and clearly like the voices stem from me and my sister, then they have to evolve and develop into their own people or become strange. So it's like, it right. starts off as their names are Bea and Sophia. Sophia starts off super aligned to me. Bea starts off super aligned to my sister. And then at some point I had to be like, okay, wait, but how are they really different? than us may they might kind of speak in the similar like Bea sounds more like my sister in the way that she speaks and the way that she communicates and Sophia sounds more like me but Sophia's not an actress like where where is her background from where does she she come into the world the way she does and how is that similar to my life but also how can I piece things together to create a new story so I'm not mm -hmm. just being like this is my life yeah do you do you have a series of actual questions that you ask while you are working on character development or is it just as you see how they're beginning to unfold you then get to be like okay this is a part that's feeling icky or stuck and then just kind of being curious about what's not quote unquote working. Mm, that's a great question. I think that so the two I feel like I'm just keep talking about these things and I should clarify these the, I have two features that I've worked on mm -hmm. one is a sisterhood movie it's about two sisters they go backpacking across the Grand Canyon um, and the other is about this evangelical Texas Christian camp um, and that's a more of a comedy coming of age story so and that one I'm working on with my writing partner Macy um, with that one in terms of character we used a Google Jamboard which I don't know if you've ever used one of those mm -hmm. it's like in the same g suite you know it's yeah. like google docs whatever it's called a jam board it's like free and there um and it's basically like the equivalent of putting up post-it notes okay. on a wall and so you we would be like okay these are our main characters this is logan courtney whatever and then we put like little pictures of people from our own lives they reminded us of underneath so i'm like hopefully nobody ever finds that um, and then like little sticky notes of descriptions of like macy's are always so funny you know it'll be like I don't know. It'll be like wears Birkenstocks and like t-shirt tucked into jeans, like main uniform, like just like little qualifiers. Or Do you like ever, I'm interrupting you. Have you ever seen how people are starting to take the game Clue and they're inserting different types of people, like hipster people and different types? No, no, they're not inserting it. They're using the board Clue and the way that they're asking the questions is like putting modern day twists to it. So it's like, would your person go to a rave and get stoned? Would your person like try to sleep with the teacher? Like would your person eat is your person vegan and like asking all these questions according to the guess who that's what it is it's not clue it's the guess who board and they're like you put down your oh, little the God. little pictures of the guess who people according to that. like colloquialisms rather than like does your person have red hair 
that's incredible. I and I feel, yeah, that, that we start kind of making ourselves laugh by putting those specific qualifiers on. Yeah. If only I had known not Clue and guess I grew up with so many board games. I don't know why my brain went to Clue. It's not Clue. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That that's <laughs> makes so perfect. much more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that was like a really fun way for us to collaborate on that. Like with this sisterhood movie, I had starting places. Like I probably had a, a just a Google doc for that of like, yeah, Sophia, like, um just kind of facts about them like this is their job this is where they come from this is their age and then there's been times where I felt like they started to get away from me with that movie I'm like wait where why are they feeling different and so I have to be like this is what they want I I just go in I don't have as much specific questions but I do think as an actor if you're an actor you can apply any character work you do on a character in acting to that right if you have questions you ask yourself about character or a process that you like to work on in terms of text work you can turn most of that stuff around on character and be like I get to make that now so let me just you know I think that would be another great way to start if you didn't want to start with outline structure like something like save the cat the beachy you could start with you know acting questions you normally do for characters and just build all those characters out. And then I think setting, right, like throwing in a place, throwing in a couple qualifiers, like for this Duplass Brothers film, the puppy chair, then being like a furniture store is what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of let your your brain play, connect the dots. Um, it's just fun. It's a puzzle. Like it's been so fulfilling to me as someone who is primarily or for so long, I'm primarily an actor to use my brain in this way. And I obviously don't know everything about writing, not even close. Like I only know how I came to it and what I've done with it and how rewarding it's been. And, you know, there's such a hustle that comes from being an artist. And sometimes it's fun to mix up the hustle. I mean, like, I don't want to do the hustle of acting anymore. That is draining me. That is draining my soul to try and do all the things and meet the casting directors and build up my website and do all that. It's like, okay, what's the writing hustle and how can I move into the writing hustle and enjoy that hustle? And I'm really enjoying that hustle right now. Um, whether that's with writing or stand up or, you know, uh, production, I work for these, I'm learning a lot about producing as well, which is a a beast entirely different to writing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all have to like, kind of as artists do these hard things and and work hard and and um I'm really interested in how we find the joy in that process of working hard and and figuring things out and and if I get tired of of one particular I know my brain wants to be an artist so it's like I can keep you know doing auditions but I can maybe turn back the dial on that push forward and put it in a different position for a while until I'm like um, the writing hustle is draining me the writing hustle is making me sad about the industry so let me move into something else and come back to this later well I think what you're saying is such a wonderful um, life lesson really but you know we're taught that like you are this thing and therefore you must pursue this thing and it kind of goes back to what we were saying in the beginning right this multi-hyphenate you know multidisciplinary many hat wearing however you want to phrase it right of oneself it's like being able to fluctuate and move and migrate between all of these things doesn't take away from your artistry right just because you're no you're you're not really focusing on your acting as much doesn't take away from the fact that you're a gorgeous actor just because you might move to be more in a producer hat doesn't take away from the fact that you also aren't writing like we can hold we contain multitudes and i i feel mm-hmm. not just within the arts but just generally as people right it's easy to forget that that is the complexity of being a human being that you can be many things at once. And that's actually what makes you quote unquote better at all the other things anyway, because you're using parts of yourself. Yes. It feeds, everything feeds each other like so much. And then you become better at all the things hopefully, or you enjoy all the things in different ways. Like I did, you know, I started to do stand up for the first time a couple of months ago and it was But you gotta pause. Time. You gotta pause and just tell the story of that though, because it's absolutely insane. <laughs> it is an insane story. Um yeah, I was uh I was covering for a friend as an assistant for Amy Schumer, which was wild, and um she was out of town. 
and I filled in for a few days and, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like weird. Even when I talk about it, I'm like, that's wild. But we were talking and I was telling her about different projects and she's like, well, you should do stand up. I was like, I don't do stand up. And then. But what day uh, was this when you were working for Amy? Let's just be clear. Like the third day or the second right. day. And I knew her maybe mm-hmm. yeah, second or third day. And then she was like, well, I think you should, you know, open for me tonight at the comedy cellar, <laughs> like do five minutes. And I was like, I'm going to die. And um, I did it and it was wild and fun. And, um, you know, I'm still trying to figure out like, if that's a route, that I, if that's a hustle that I, that is going to fuel me. And I don't mm-hmm. know yet. I think there's a little bit, I was like, I've been given this opportunity. And so I need to do the comedy thing. I need to try it. And starting to realize okay but do I actually get more out of collaborating on like telling a story with other people whether that's film or or television or whatever like and why do I feel like I have to do this you know why do I feel like I have to go to open mics or try this because I've given this opportunity Mm. it's an interesting thing I've been kind of going back and forth with um but like what I was gonna say is that even doing stand-up, that terrifying stand-up, like the next audition I had, I was 10 times more confident all of a sudden. I was mm-hmm. like, I walked in being like, holy shit, I have a script. <laughs> okay, like this is amazing. I'm just yeah. gonna do it, you know? And um, yeah, like what? I, I wouldn't have felt that way about that particular audition if I hadn't just had done stand-up. Yeah. Or I maybe wouldn't understand character getting ready. I'm getting ready to do a show. Like the, the reading the play has been a different experience since I've worked, you know, worked on my writing more. Um, you start to just like let the things fold into each other. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting. Yeah. Because it's so annoying. Like it's definitely a capitalism American dream thing of being like, what is your goal? Okay. Now do the steps to get to that goal versus like, how do I have a constellation of goals and things that excite me and how do they all interact and play together? And how can I create, and this is something you talk about all the time, but how can I create my own path for myself that is um, different than I expected it to be? But I think that's also why we're talking about just starting, right? Because that goal setting framework that we have been taught, lived mm. through, like that's part of it too. I know at least for myself, I can only speak for myself. Like that is a huge roadblock for me where it's like, well, if my goal is to, I don't know, write a pilot that I can then pitch for a TV show, right? Just then right. that is this big, huge goal. And because the goal is this monumental thing, all of those small steps then become the really overwhelming hurdles because you really want to accomplish this lofty thing. And just remembering and reminding yourself, like, let's dial this down to this is fun because this is new, period. Totally. <laughs> I'm enjoy- right. Or like I have this idea and that is exciting me and it feels good to think about it, period cool. Now what do I want to do with this cute, exciting idea knowing in the back of your brain, okay, eventually, hopefully maybe one day this will be the thing. And I'm going to quote unquote build towards that. But in the process, like what is this small little step I can take to even just <laughs> take this and idea what, out of my brain? What can, I, what can I celebrate along the way as yeah. huge wins? Because uh, yeah, I have to constantly pull myself back from, because I do have ambition and that's something I have a complicated relationship with being mm-hmm. like, how do I love my ambition? How do I also not let it take over aspects of my life or make me feel bad about myself? Amen. And that's really tough. And I think part of it has to be, you have to be able to slow down and be like, that's a win. I did the thing. I did the win. Like I finished a scene. That's like a win. Like even just getting a freaking scene down. I was going to even say that even feels like an overwhelming win. Like I would be like yeah. just finishing a page when you're blocked. Like Yes. 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 Or, you know, doing like, if you're like, Hey, like I'm going to try and do a month of structured writing, you know? Mm-hmm. And even if nothing comes out of the end of that, that's like still a win. If you were able to keep appointments with yourself or even yeah. show up a little bit. I mean, also on the other hand, like my boyfriend says this all the time and it's like really hard for me to um, wrap my head around which is like you can do nothing and you're still just as valuable as of a human being 
Correct. Like you can do literally nothing and your value does not add or decrease. Like, and that and I'm also like, arguably doing nothing is still doing something because you've totally. made a choice to do the nothing. So in and of the, in and of itself, it's an action. <laughs> yes. But just the fact that like our value as people is innate and nothing we are going to do is going to increase or decrease our value. Like we getting something or writing something or making something like you have to, you have to just do the things that are going to fill you up and, and bring you joy. And, you know, if, if making little goals for yourself and like I, I, Eric's like, sometimes I feel like you look at the world, like a little bit of a video game, Mm -hmm. um, which is like, you know, I want to like get the goal, like get the flag at the point and then go to the next one. And like, he does not, he like lives in like, this is funny. I'm not a video game person really at all, but I'm using video game analogy. Listen. So I have so there's like, yeah, the, the Mario version of of a video game where it's like, right. okay, I'm gonna grab the thing, I'm gonna get the flag, I'm gonna go to the next level. And then there's like the open world type of video game where you're like dropped in somewhere and you kind of get to go wherever you want. Right. And I think that kind of, you know that appeals to Eric in a big way. For me, I'm like, I kind of like the little steps. I kind of like the little, um, like- The structure. The structure of it, you know? Definitely. And then it's about finding whatever that like joy or bliss is for you and being like, that's not necessarily better. Like we're, we might have different kind of like ways we're, we're setting up our lives or what we're liking to play around in. But yeah, I do like the little- I, I do like being like, okay, yeah, I kind of want to make a short film. So like, that's going to be a big goal of mine. And then doing it feels really good when, in whatever way it is. And even if it's not exactly what I wanted it to look like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, that's okay. With the sticking of starting, you created an incredibly moving and more poignant than ever. Um, I guess it's a short, right? Like a short, short, mm-hmm. um, at this point, what is it, years ago now? Um, yeah, 2019, I think, is when we shot it. And 2020 yeah. is when we released it. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to just talk to you a little bit about starting that piece, mm-hmm. um, how you knew to start or what you did to start. Um, you can talk about the creation of it, too, if that's something that speaks to you. And then I want to also leave time for the piece that you are currently in pre-production for, starting that piece moving into that. So both of those under umbrellas of like starting as you're learning and going, obviously, but feel free to take yes. the time to talk about what they are. Definitely. You know, like, and this is such a fun phase of it because all this stuff I've been talking about writing can feel, well, you're either doing it like maybe with one other person or with yourself. And then you start moving into making it a reality and like all of a sudden you have to build a team. Mm-hmm. And that is really fun. Like, and, and it's, you know, for me, mostly people I love and, and that are my friends. And so you start, you know, building out more people to collaborate and make your idea better. And that's so exciting. Um, yeah, the first thing you asked about is a, a short uh, called This Is Not a Love Letter. Um, that is a like experimental choreo poem. And I made that in collaboration with a couple of friends of mine who have a small production company called CNT Productions, um, who I went to school with. And uh, they had writers' rooms every week for a long time and had done these two. They wanted to do a series of poetry and and poetry films. There's two other films in that series that are amazing, uh, Black Girl Poem and Poppy Runs. And they were like, would you want to write a poem? And knew that is something that I love to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was thinking about what I wanted to say. And This Is Not a Love Letter is a piece where I share a lot about um, an abortion I had in college. And I, at the time, hadn't really talked to anybody about it. I wrote a poem initially that was more general about kind of the strength. Uh, It was a little bit about abortion, reproductive health, but also just about strength and vulnerability. And um, I read it to my sister and she was like, this is so beautiful. And she was like, I don't feel like, she's like, it just feels kind of general. Like, I don't really know what you're talking about. Um, And I was like, kind of mad (laughs) Uh, like are you kidding me I like wrote this whole poem um but that's kind of how she is and I know she's always gonna be a 
she's always gonna be real with me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went back and I was like, okay, let me just actually tell my specific story, even if it's really scary and wrote the poem kind of detailing my experience more and then letting it grow out. Um, and then my friends, uh, Ariel who directed it and Daryl who produced it were able to just collaborate with me and be like, okay, what is this? I was like, this feels like I'm telling a story to friends. That feels really scary. Okay, so how can I bring in all of my friends to my apartment and how can we, can I just tell them the story and can we get that on film? And then it was like, yeah, that's a, a cool idea. They can, we can get their reactions in real time. Okay, and then Ariel, who's a great director was like, what if we also kind of told different visual stories with um, different, you know, formations of people and, and hands and pomegranates and colors and, that was like so much of what she brought to the piece that I wouldn't have put in there. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of filmed it, that in my apartment and it was such a special experience. I did this poem. I told the story like a hundred times. And by the end of it, I was like exhausted, but I was also like, Oh my gosh, when we scare, when we share things that are kind of scary and, and people accept them and say they hear us like, Oh my God, what a gift like we can give to each other of just being yeah. able to listen to each other. And obviously like it's so fucked up with everything that's happening right now in terms of reproductive justice and reproductive access and, and thinking about that video makes me happy, but also like makes me frustrated. And at the same time, I hope it can encourage people to just be like, Hey, you can talk about it. And, and people will, listen and they will accept that and and that's been a huge going and since then I've had so many people reach out to me and tell me about their experiences and people in my life who I would have never known and like it's just far more common of an experience to have an abortion than is ever talked about um and I yeah I, I wish it wasn't as taboo as it is or covered in shame as it is the piece is so gorgeous and unfortunately more relevant than probably when you made it. <laughs> I feel like it's such an incredible gift that you've given to people. And I hope not that you're trying to do this and you don't need my anything encouragement in any way, but I hope that it reaches more people during this time now, just mm -hmm. because I do think that it's incredibly poignant and relevant and impactful. Clearly the experience you know, is layered and emotional, but you've done, su you and your team did such an incredible job of showing the community part of it, of showing mm -hmm. the support part of it, of showing the, the lack of isolation part or the ability to find oneself and connect with others through it. And I would even argue like joy mm -hmm. in it um, that is so often, I think, not talked about um, and it was such a, just a beautiful commentary on a version of sisterhood um, and age. You did such a gorgeous job of showing that. Y'all yeah, check it out. I don't know where one can check it out. So tell people um, this is not a yes. love letter, but. This is not a love letter. It's on YouTube. Easy. Amazing. <laughs> on YouTube. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so much joy. That was a huge thing. We wanted to incorporate dancing and joy and like we are told that these experiences can be so isolating and we're so alone in them. And like, what happens? Or we're like, let me know, let me just share it with everybody. And then there's so much joy in community and, you know, carrying each other's burdens. And, and mm -hmm. that creates our the things we think we have to carry around just by ourselves that are so heavy. We can, yeah. can kind of disperse and, and have this communal sharing and, yeah. you know, Hey, you, this is really heavy for me. You can help me carry that and then what can I help carry of yours and yeah. how can we do that together and it was, it was such like a collaboration a like across all of it it just really felt yeah. like and we had we had people pick out like lines in the poem that were resonating to them and we let them choose instead of like directing it and then we would get them saying it and then yeah. kind of that would match up with with my voice speaking over it and so yeah in that way we were able to kind of match up people's own personal different parts that they related to with it, which was cool. 
And just doubling back, did you feel like part of the way you were able to get through creating this whole thing from inception to completion was because of the team that you had, as in like that helped guide you through the process of not knowing how to do this for the first time? A thousand percent. I would never have been able to do it without. I mean, I guarantee you everyone's got someone in their life who has made something cool. We all know. And like, usually if you're like, I want to also do something cool, then they will listen to you. I felt really lucky to have Daryl and Ariel and, and people at CNT that were like, we support you as an artist. And like, how do you want to make this? And mm-hmm. if you don't want to tell the story, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I always felt like there was room for that. Um, and it was really, yeah, it was, it was like really tough at first. And now I'm like, Oh my God, that was incredible. And, um, it was such a moving, like it was such a powerful experience. Like it was all in my apartment and in my bedroom and, and, and like, I felt like for a few days, my apartment was just like filled with that energy. It was overwhelming and yeah, it was, it was pretty magic. What about the one that you're working on now in terms of, because this is a bigger situation, arguably. This is a bigger situation. Yeah. It's definitely a higher budget. So like we shot, this is not a love letter for probably like for transparency, people trying to make their stuff. Like we shot that for probably about $5,000, which was like money um, that CNT had raised and uh, put in um, through Kickstarters and stuff like that to fund a lot of their different projects. Um, And that, you know, involved uh, equipment and hiring a cinematographer and like, we didn't have to pay for location. And um, these were my friends who had agreed to be in this video um, and volunteer their time for that, which I was so grateful for. And, you know, so it was, um, that was the budget for that. This budget is, is higher. Um, and it's a lot more involved. It's a narrative short. And so what we are doing basically is making a short that exists on its own, but also could serve as a proof of concept, which, um, means that I had written this feature and, my friend is directing, wanted to direct it. And then she hasn't directed much before and I haven't done as much film work. And so we're like, okay, how can we show people that we can do this to invest in it? Let's mm-hmm. make a short. We can self-fund the short and then use that to show to people and be like, do you want to see more of this short? We have a whole feature ready to go. Right. Um, but also for it to exist as a short on its own. I mean, there's so many incredible films that have done this, like Whiplash started as a short um, obvious child started as a short uh, film that just came out Shiva baby that started as a short mm-hmm. like all of these movies that started as shorts people were like yes let's make that and so that's kind of where we started with this but now like I mean the 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 group of people that we've assembled Daryl who's producing it who also produced this is not a love letter um, my friend Victoria who's directing like people I went to school with and then also everybody bringing in people they've met along the way that they've been like another producer um great friend of mine, Clea DeCrane, uh, who I met in Santa Cruz doing Shakespeare, like, and uh, who uh, um, this woman coming on to do script supervising that Victoria met on a job she did, like, we're kind of all then bringing in these other people, combining Mm -hmm. them and being like, whoa, we've got a super crazy team, Um, which is so fun. And, you know, it's been a lot more involved, like the pre-production of it, like in terms of you got to get permits and production insurance and uh secure locations and all of this stuff and we're shooting it in portland um how did you know to do all these things again going back to like the starting part for sure i didn't um so you find friends and you say hey i'm gonna raise enough money so i can pay you and you can feel like this is worth your time clay and daryl both started small production companies and have produced short films and um yeah i mean station 26 productions cnt productions you can hire these small production companies to you know walk you through this process and they're amazing and yeah. so worth the you know being able to pay them to do this stuff and then you learn that along the way if you're like i also want to co-produce so let me learn from you here and then i'll pick up um production skills um, whether that's how to build a schedule or how to get, you know, how to location scout or get permits, like 
you just caught everyone's constantly learning from each other and kind of figuring it out the internet google hugely helpful obviously always um i work as a production assistant for a couple different film companies and, and a theater company and i've learned a lot that way and so you're just kind of picking it up and there are so many producers out there that I didn't really know exactly what a producer did. I feel like when I first started this and I'm like, a producer makes it happen. A producer will help you figure out just the contracts. This is a SAG, like micro budget film. And so there's certain things you have to do with that. Um, and people are good at it just in the way that you're good at creating, you're good at being an artist, like bring on a really good producer and there are a ton of indie producers out there, whether that's for film or TV. And um, yeah, I've, I, it, I have two great recommendations and then there's so many, so many more out there and um, you don't have to do it by yourself because it can definitely feel like, Oh my God, I have no idea where to start. I can't produce a movie. Um, that's why you hire people who do. <laughs> yeah. And you hire people who you really admire and like, Clay and Daryl, who are the producers on this, are both incredible writers and incredible actors and also super multi-hyphenates. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so I am like, okay, great. Like, let me do this. And then when you're working on a project, how can I help, you know? Exactly. So you start being able to support each other's work and create a whole community of people who are making things. And right now I'm super interested in film and TV and, and that kind of medium. You know, I, I also have a lot of love for theater, but again, it's like, that's not exactly where my, my enjoyment of hustle is right yeah. now is in yeah. theater. Um, yeah. So yeah, you, you, you gotta, I, it's why I love doing this because you start from the writing, which we've talked so much about mm -hmm. that can give you so much um, individual fulfillment and, and stretch your brain and challenge you. But then you come together and then when you're doing when you're making a little movie or something you might be like whoa like I'm kind of figuring out being on this project that I would really like to be a producer or that I would really like to you know work in art direction or you know whatever right. and then you learn more about that and then you can go down that path for a little while exactly. if you want you know yeah. so that's really fun I'm so excited for this um short because I feel like I've heard about it and I I feel like you're you're pouring your heart into it and um I have no doubt with the team that you've assembled it's going to be freaking awesome and so I cannot wait to hear and see and support when it comes on down the pipeline yeah. um I'm so grateful too that you shared so many resources <laughs> with our listeners about yeah. places to start and things to look at and you know, just expanding the way in which we in our own little bubbles don't feel so alone in doing all of it, right? That there are other people who are ex figuring it out and exploring um, before you and that we can share these things with one another and don't Absolutely. have to live in a silo. The other thing I would say too, and this goes, like, you can, in terms of like one other resource I, I don't think I mentioned is like, you can find almost any script you love online. Mm -hmm. So you know, I did this thing for a while, early pandemic, where you'd watch a movie, read the script. So we did that with a bunch of like, I love Greta Gerwig and Mike Mills, Jenny Slate, like mm -hmm. uh, just your favorite movies, see how they look on the page. That's a huge thing. That's really helpful. And so many scripts are just available with the Google um, mm -hmm. and and inspiring. And, and so reading scripts, and then I'm like a huge, huge book nerd in terms of fiction and poetry, like Fill yourself up with those things too. And that's always going to feed your writing. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, for anybody who wants to further the discussion, work with you, follow what you're up to, what are some of the best ways for people to reach out, to contact you within your own boundaries? Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, you can find me on Instagram. It's IPASC. Um or my website, which is isabelpask.com. And I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm always super happy to engage in conversations. Like so many people have helped me. So many people will continue to help me. I would love to any small piece of, you know, help that I can give somebody else. Like yeah. 
definitely always, always down to talk about making stuff or, or, you know, just surviving as an artist in the city, which I know you also do so much work on, I think is amazing of just, yeah. How, how do we be artists and also pay our rent and, and yeah. do the, the things that keep us, um, living and like yeah, having yeah. a high, higher quality of life and being able to support our minds and hearts and, and bodies. So that's also such a huge, huge aspect of it, which you cover all the time. Yeah. Thank you. I, I love you so much and I'm so proud of you and thank you for this conversation and more soon. Thank you. It was so fun. I loved it. The wonderful thing about a podcast is you can always go back, rewind, listen again, and find the things that you may have missed. This is definitely one of those episodes, especially with how much Isa shares in regards to the various platforms, resources, tools, you name it. So hopefully this episode inspires you to open up that Google Doc and just start with anything and everything without any judgment and just seeing what comes of it. If you like this episode, and especially if you've been liking this podcast in honor of our 20th episode, please like, rate, follow, and most importantly, review us. This really allows us to meet other artists who need to hear these conversations as well. If you didn't like this episode, just let it all slide. If you aren't yet already doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective. You can find more on our website at empoweredartistcollective.com. And in case you didn't know, we have merch. Whether you're somebody who loves a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, some sort of clothing situation, or you want a mug or a journal to do this writing, all that and more can be found in the link in our show notes. As always, and especially with this episode, I am so, so, so grateful that you keep coming back, and we will have yet another episode for you again next week. Until then.